Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. Um, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. This dummy, yours truly, set it up real quick. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which, hello, talk about easy. You don't have to be some professional computer person, which is dope. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi friends, this is Josie, and you're listening to the Speaking in Church podcast. I did that backwards, so once again, this is Josie. (laughs) And this is Spencer. (laughs) And today we're talking to our friend Celia all about her um, past in a, we just established like a sect-like very conservative evangelical offshoot yes not a cult because you know that's probably too extreme but (laughs) you know similar vibes um hi celia how are you i'm so good thank you so so much for inviting me to talk on here that's such an honor we're so excited we feel like you have a completely different perspective than pretty much anybody that's been on the podcast yes (laughs) (laughs) So we usually start off by asking our guests to kind of tell us their story, their testimony, their whatever, um, you know, regarding the topic or tell us what you want us to know. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'll just start. I'll just, of course, it's always a story is always more complex and a life is always more, um, you know, there's always more to it than just a line or a sentence or a word, but um, I'll try to keep it just surface level short because otherwise it would take up a lot of time. Um, I grew up in a very small um, home church, which um, consisted of my mom and dad and my siblings. That was just, that was it. And we had immigrated to the United States for the right to homeschool because my parents wanted to keep us out of the public school. And I was born in Germany where homeschooling is not allowed. So that's the reason my parents immigrated to America. And even though there are very, very many Christians in America, uh, in the United States, my parents found them to, um, they found it difficult to connect to other Christians in terms of fellowshipping with them because they felt that 
they were not of one mind. And that has to do with um, the home church group that my parents originally come from, which um, exists all over the world. But um, in Europe, they kind of originated in England. And then some of them, some families are also from Germany. And they are an off branch of the Plymouth Brethren. You can Wikipedia them. And um, they take the breaking of bread to another level. Like they say, you have to be of one mind, meaning they kind of define the terms of what that means to be of one mind. And even though you say, I'm a Christian too, that's not enough to break bread within other people in that group. So um, that makes things very difficult because as soon as you, you know, where do you end with the exclusiveness? <laughs> so that's why you end up kind of being alone. And that does what that is what happened with my parents. They ultimately were just on their own in the United States, surrounded by other a lot of other people who are Christian, but it just wasn't, I guess, Christian enough to join the fellowship. And that's where I grew up. Um, things were like when you grow up inside of it, you don't realize how isolating it is, but um, it's all like very close knit and happy and safe until you start asking critical questions <laughs> or you start to have a mind of your own about simple things like questioning if the ra if listening to the radio or watching TV is really that bad, then that's already a big red flag, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So I, I jokingly say my biggest teenage sin <laughs> was to listen to the radio, <laughs> which is kind of wild. And that tells you kind of, how I grew up. So I had a good childhood, at least in my eyes when I was a child, but as I've grown older and I now have a child of my own, I, I do see in retrospect how, um, yeah, how it was just like this bubble. And I, I question a lot about it in terms of if it really was good or healthy, healthy is maybe the word. I find a lot of the the ways I was raised quite unhealthy. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like where I come from. Wow, oh wow. I um it's the moving to the United States to homeschool part for me that gets me the most probably. Um because yeah, it we, was like, it was such a big deal. Yeah, it was yeah. really important to them to shelter us. Because we, I mean, we went to a small Christian university and we had plenty of homeschooled kids. Mm -hmm. Some of them were really smart and then some of them were not taught a whole lot in homeschool. <laughs> yeah, it always depends on how much the parents know. That's yes. how smart you'll turn out. <laughs> yes. Well, and even just the um, the vast, because I think homeschool is very popular in American Christianity in general, mm -hmm. um, but just the varying degrees of it, because even before going to Christian university in my own youth group, there was a mix of homeschool people. And similar to what Josie said, there were some that, were very, very smart. And, um, their parents put a lot of time and effort into the homeschool and were very intentional about it. And mm -hmm. I, and I was like, wow, like, that's really cool. Like I, 
I I wish like I could kind of experience that to a level, but then there was other kids that were homeschooled that their parents didn't really care a lot about the education. They just cared about not letting them be exposed to the world through public. Right. And what does that even mean? What does the world even mean? And in my case, it was often like, um, uh, you know, other religious, you know, the, the, I don't know what you call it in English, this, um, in Germany, you have like a religionsunterricht, which is like uh, teaching about other religions. Mm-hmm. So that was a big yes. no-no. Like, oh no, you don't get to know anything about other religions because they're all bad. Yeah. It's just a yep. waste of time to learn about them. And then the other one was um, anything that has to do, of course, with like... Um, so science was okay, but only if it's like the 6,000 year old creation. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. You can learn about, <laughs> right? you can do the science experiments and learn about physics, but you can't learn about Like you evolution. can't question the 6,000 yep. years, right? Yep. And like dinosaurs, we're not sure if they really existed, right? Okay. <laughs> and then, and then the other big one was sex. So like they didn't want right. teachers to say, you know, that there's different types of you know, sexuality, like that you are, that you can be gay or not, that you're born that way. That was like a big, no way there. Nobody's born like that. And they just, even so, so even the teachers, they wouldn't say like, that's, they wouldn't put like a a moral weight on it. Like that's good or that bad. They just wanted to inform the students that Mm -hmm. it's, that exists, right. It's totally part of nature and normal, but that was like, they wanted to protect the children from learning about that because that's, wrong so at what point in your life do you remember one meeting somebody of another religion and two where you could actually say that you were friends with somebody that was not of your faith oh that was until I turned like 22 and I became a flight attendant (laughs) so then I was exposed to um very very many different people of the world and a very different yeah. So you were legit, like you were an adult, like not even like a late teenager, like you were in your- No, teenager. I was never allowed to be a teenager. That's a that's another thing that I find very harmful within these like tight-knit circles is you don't get to be a teenager because you don't get to be rebellious ever, period. And a rebellious is questioning your parents' authority. So you can't be a teenager because that's what teenagers do, right? And so what often happens is you're kind of- um you think it's your own idea to get married early, which often happens in these circles, but really you're just acting as the daughter off or the son off your parents. And then you get married. Right. And then oftentimes I've seen it with many friends of mine and including myself that you start having your teenage time as soon as you leave your parents' house. But then oftentimes you're already married. And sometimes that ends very sadly. You know, for example, we got divorced um, because both of us started to be teenagers and to start questioning stuff. And yeah, that sometimes doesn't end so well. It's really tragic. (laughs) So you've been married before? I did get married when I was 22. Wow. Wow. I mean, I got married at 24 and I feel like 22 is still completely different. Like 22 is especially, yeah, especially growing up, even religious in any sense of the word. Cause most, a lot of people that we knew got married right out of the gate, right after college. Right, right, right. So I'm still in college. Yeah. And so I'm before college. Cause college yeah. was like also a big red flag. Cause college makes you drift away from God. Right. And I mean, some of, yeah, I've seen many a divorce happen, um, from people that got married at 22. Yeah. It sucks when you're, um, 
also figuring out maybe that you, you know, I, ha I have some friends who are like questioning if they're really straight, you know? Yeah. But then they're already stuck with kids and a husband or a mm -hmm. wife. And then you, you feel like you're living a very unauthentic life, which that yeah. just, that just breaks my heart, stuff like that. But then the parents who are like, they're all like hands off, you know, like, Oh my gosh, you made your own choice. We did, we have nothing to do with it. And that just makes me pretty angry. Especially so, now that I have my own child, I'm like, mm -hmm. how, why would you do this to your child? Why? So your, your ex-husband, did you, was he also part of like your religious circle or yes. how did you meet him? Yes, he was. I met him when I was four. Oh, wow. so it was like arranged, predestined. Yeah, was, was this intention? <laughs> no, like, was no. this intentionally planned? No, no, just our families are family friends. And actually, oh, okay. uh, one nice part of the of the whole story is that actually we, after our divorce, we found our way back to each other. So we are together again, but we're not married. We don't have any plans to get married again. Wait, that's so and cute. We're, yeah. we're like, we like grew up and we found our own way and then we got back together, but on a totally different foundation. Do you, so I was, so you think it's helpful then that you, I know you said it was, you know, it's kind of sad because you went and were kind of rebellious after being married. Um, but do you think having this core foundation of the same upbringing and now having new ideas about it is what has kind of brought you back together to like raise your child together? It, it's definitely made it easier to be together and to raise our child together. And we always joke that we've come to the same, the same now, but in totally different paths. And they had nothing to do with, like, I never influenced them. He never influenced me on, on our deconstruction process. That was just mm -hmm. each our own. Um, and what ultimately brought us back together was just our, our love for each other. We also didn't get divorced because we didn't love each other anymore. We just got divorced because we started to question why on earth we got married so early, you know, mm -hmm. this is kind of healthy. The yeah, idea it of was, like, yeah. let's grow up. We, you needed to grow up. You kind of had like this rumspringa post leaving yeah. or whatever. Like, I need to. You needed to live your own life for a little while, and so did he. We it did. Beautiful. Yeah, it's so freaking it cute. I'm so. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, we are very, we're very thankful that it, it turned out like that but imagine we would have had kids already or something you know then multiple that would have looked very different that would have looked very different so yeah. what is it so what does it look like now raising raising your children or raising your child um like do you still have contact with your family at all any of your siblings or is this really just you and your partner and your child against the world kind of thing um well let me back up a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Um, um, yeah. So well, the, to answer the question quick is that I have contact to all my family members, but our, like our relationship is on like on new grounds because I had to kind of, I destroyed the old one so we can build a new one. And, um, ultimately it was because my parents, um, Okay, this is like a big story for itself. Well, I'll tell it if you want to hear. Yes, it. please. Story time. Okay, story time. Um, we grew up in the states as kids with my parents, and when we turned, when I turned twenty-one, I had to leave the United States because my visa ran out that I had as a kid. 
Um, and so my pa my parents uh, and we decided to go back to Europe, where to Germany, where we come where we come from, because here we can study um, almost for free. And you know, we had like family here as my grandparents and stuff. And so you know, and I went over with my siblings, both of them, and um, we just started over, all three of us over here, and. It was also the year that I got together with uh, my ex-husband <laughs> and um, we uh, so we were hanging out a lot and we were like we, we were in love with each other and um, one problem is that you can't uh, you can't like be together fully when, when you grow up, like in these fundamental circles, like you always have this looming in the back of your head that, you know, sex is like this awful sin if you have it before your marriage. And so, uh, we, I always compare it to like, if you tell someone, oh, you can just go in that store and steal a purse. It's not a big deal. Like people wouldn't do that because it's so ingrained in them that stealing is, you know, bad. And that's the same with a, with a, with a girl or a guy that grows up in a fundamental Christian circles. Like you can tell them all you want rationally, like why it doesn't make sense to, um, you know, not have sex or move in together before you get married. Like that's, that's pretty reckless to do actually, but they would never do it because it's so ingrained in them that that's just really wrong. And you set yourself up for divorce and everything. So we were like, kind of, you know, scared. We didn't want to not, you know, we didn't want to like not respect our parents' wishes and what we grew up with and also go against uh, God. Ultimately we just, we wanted to do the right thing before God. So we decided to elope um, because my parents, they couldn't be in Europe at the time. And we didn't know when they would be able to come over as well to move over as well. Cause they had like businesses in the States and they needed to sell them first. And it was a big other story anyway. So we eloped because we were like, as long as we do it right before God, you know, that's all good. And then when my parents were able to come over about half a year later, um, we sat down and we told them that we had eloped and that we were planning to do a marriage, like a wedding again, the next year, you know, that coming summer where everybody could be together. And my mom just broke down. She was like, Oh my gosh, how could you go behind our back like that? That's so awful and you misused your trust and then my dad got up and he was like you know what a marriage like that a, a wedding a marriage like that there is no blessing on that and it was just really 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 hard for for me to process that and then they were like and we're not coming to your whatever wedding because it's not a real wedding anymore you're not a virgin anymore you know it's just a pretend wedding and I was like what I didn't know that a wedding celebrates the virginity of the bride and, and groom that's ridiculous like a wedding is so much more than that but apparently somehow it wasn't so they were like we're not coming unless we apologize you know that we eloped and I apologized but um my husband didn't I mean he did but not in the way that my dad wanted him to so we were like, in the end, we were like, okay, whatever, we'll just, we'll just get married, you know, we'll have our big day, whatever. And then two weeks before we got, we were married with everybody else officially, um, my, my parents, um, 
said, okay, we're going to come. We're going to come after all. Like, we forgive you. And then my mom said, let me, let me ask you who you invited to be part of the wedding, like the wedding guests. And I said, I, ing- I invited my grandma and my grandma is lesbian. She's been living with her wife for 18 years and I love them both so much. And my mom was like, oh, how could you do this to us? It's not allowed to invite lesbians to our wedding, to your wedding. And I was like, why? What do you mean? It's my wedding. And first of all, I didn't know you guys were coming now. You know, you, get, you guys went on and on about you guys are not coming. And then um, they were like, I'm like, well, you know what? If you don't want to come, that's fine. And they were like, no, if you invite them, then we're going to tell every Christian person at your wedding. And most of my relatives are like also fundamentally Christian that you've invited a lesbian couple and then I'm sure they're all not going to come. And then I called my grandma and it was like, look, I'm put into this position. I don't know what to do. And she was, I expected her to be like angry and, and manipulative like my parents, but she was so kind. She just said, you know what? It's so much more important that your parents are there than us. And we love you. And I'm sorry that you're put in this position. And I was like, what? I never expected the the, you know, quote unquote, bad people in the story to be the best. And um, after the wedding, I started to question that that made my wheels turn like that love for my grandma, that response that started that started my deconstruction process, because I was like, how in the world can the people who call themselves the most real Christians or whatever, um, treat other people that bad including myself like that to threaten me to come not come to my wedding or like whatever all that crazy stuff and um yeah and then I cut ties with my parents I cut ties for two years they were like they were dead to me and I know that it hurt them a lot but I needed to do that to to come become my own person I just had to and after two years I um, yeah, I, I, I found my way back to them. Like I forgave them and then we were connected again, but on different grounds, like they were, they've respected me afterwards, you know, and they, whenever I live life in a different way that they don't approve of, they're like, they were just, they just respect it. Yeah, I had a similar thing with my parents where my parents grew up um, more like the Pentecostal apostolic side of Christianity. Um, So they're not quite as rigid. But um, one of the core things that also got me happening with my deconstruction is that I have uh, one gay cousin that I know of. that I know of mm-hmm, right, right. <laughs> and he had a partner and they were going to get married or even Wonderful. before that mm-hmm. um it was always like known and it was always said that if he was going to get married they would not attend and and oh. even like my little tween teenage brain I was like how you love your nephew and you can't go to the wedding he fully knows what you believe and you know what you believe. What does it matter if you go to their fucking party? Why? And- Why are they so insecure about their, like, what, right. do, they, what do they think it's going to do? And for example, where I come from, it's this big, um, uh, you know, they're scared to, uh, what do you call it? Get filthy from, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. being with people who are in their eyes filthy. So it's like this, there's a special term for it. What do, what do you call it? unpure yeah 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 you become like 
infected with the unpure if you <laughs> yeah and um on my end my cousin did end up getting married last december during the pandemic oh. and i have a huge mexican family right there's only five of us there his, <gasps> no his parents yes Good his parents here. thank god were there they oh. kind of accepted it and just kind of it's th- that was the best case scenario that his parents were there his brother and then me and another cousin were there and then my cousin and my our partners we right. so there was seven of us i guess but five blood relatives wow that's and, so tragic mm-hmm. i've always told my dad I was like if you don't go you're not, he's not going to be mad at you. Like my cousin knows and he's accepted his fate or whatever. But I tell my dad, like, he's not going to be mad at you, but I'm going to be mad at you. If you don't Mm -hmm. don't have to deal with him, you have to deal with me. What did he say when you, did you confront him about it? I have. And my dad's always like, Oh, well, you know, I got to do what I got to do or whatever. And I was like, that's fine. You can make your own decisions. But one day, things are going to be and not that it's a grudge. Like I love my parents or whatever, but it's the thing of like, if I have a kid and if my kid is gay, you better be on watch out. Cause that shit is not going to fly. Right. Exactly. I always say that in front of my family too. Like if there's any anti-gay stuff being said, I'm like, you know what? You don't know if my son is gay. We don't know mm-hmm. until he's like a teenager and we're going to find out when his hormones hit, right? Mm-hmm. What, what he is, but uh, I'm not going to have anyone saying anything bad about gays mm-hmm. nope yeah i think your story is so fascinating because it's kind of like it's not like the most extreme story right but it's more extreme slightly than what maybe the rest of us have dealt with it's like that the next step towards like the handmaid's tale situation you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah, closer definitely. how is yeah, that like there's just this weird um, idea that you kind of own your children, which I also find mm. very weird now when I see my own child. I know, like, even when he was in my womb and he was moving around, he wasn't mine, like, to own. I felt him be his own little person already there. And I know it's not my job to raise him to be mine. It's my job to raise him to, to fly. You know, that's my job and and i also there's also this weird fear that god's gonna hold you accountable if you haven't somehow indoctrinated your child to be a believer like yourself in the same way that you think of god they have to think of god and that they somehow fail if they don't get that done like my biggest wish is to make sure my children walk in truth and are, you know, believers. Like that is not my biggest goal for my son. I just want him to be, um, you know, a kind person who respects people and to stand up for what's right in his eyes or to change, to, to change things that he thinks are amiss in, in our society or, um, you know, stand up for the weak, like animals mm-hmm. or our environment or, or children, you know, I love that you say that because there are so many people that I grew up with that have walked away from like Christianity. And I know that, you know, I know some of their parents like carry that burden of like, I did something wrong, 
when mm. if you look at like the way they grew up and the way they were raised, you know, they quote unquote did everything right. Like right. raised them how they were supposed to. And now that their children aren't believers, like they have this guilt or like, like you said, like God's going to be upset with me because I didn't do this yet. Exactly. What you said, like your child is their own person. And literally we talk about all the time, how, you know, we have free will and God makes all of us different and you can only do so much. And even the opposite, you know, there are plenty of people that don't have great parents and they grow up to be incredibly kind Mm -hmm. and responsible Mm -hmm. human beings because everybody has their own autonomy and they, they form their own different opinions, you know? Yes. Very well said. Exactly. Yeah. And my family, um, I'm the black sheep. I'm the middle child. I'm the little black sheep. And yeah, it's fun time. And my two siblings, my parents like them more. Um, my older sister, she's like the golden child. She does what my mom says. She's lived the life exactly how my mom wants. She doesn't drink. She doesn't do drugs. She's a perfect child, but she doesn't go to church, but she's still the favorite. And my little brother is the youngest, the baby and the boy. So he can do no wrong, even though he does whatever he wants. But me, because I've chosen to pursue my faith in a different way, believe different things about who God is, believe that maybe the Bible was just written by a bunch of assholes Mm -hmm. (laughs) for all I know. Yeah. I'm the only one that goes to church, but because I've decided to live my life in the completely opposite way that my parents had wanted for me, I'm the black sheep. That's weird because they hyper-focus on what you believe versus how you, you know, the yeah. others are just kind of like in your, in what you're saying, just kind of like living their life, but, but they don't closer go to, church. to what, what they want. Right. They're better than me. Wow. Like, that's damn, very like I work for a church. I have podcasts about Jesus and mm-hmm. I'm the bad one or whatever, <laughs> but I mean, that's how the dice roll, right? Sometimes your parents are more concerned with how you act than what you believe. Yeah. Or how, yeah. Or how you believe. Yeah, exactly. I have a question for you guys. Where do you think their weird idea of how God views them? Where does that come from? Oh, a hundred percent. They're taught that my dad has the same belief. He thinks that he has failed us because none of us are cute little Christian Pentecostal. But does God feel like he, like your dad failed God? You know, does God, is God going to be like, look, you failed me because you didn't raise your children to believe in me. Our blood is on his hands. No, that, how can that be? How can you go through life thinking like that's God? Yeah. I actually have a lot of friends who believe like, if you don't save your friend, if you don't have this, if you don't like save everybody around you, their blood is on your hands and you'll have to like make mention of them and why you didn't do more to save them at the gates of heaven. That's what I grew up like being and, told. And my, well, my parents see it. And that again, even just there's, there's all sorts of different spectrums. Cause my parents don't feel that like, um, you know, my parents didn't necessarily raise us Christian. Um, my parents, my dad was raised a Catholic. My mom was a Baptist. And then Um, when we were young, we weren't really Christian. We started going to church when I was a teenager. So I have two older brothers and then my baby sister, my baby sister is truly the only one of us that was raised pretty much from like the time she can remember until now she's about to turn 18. Mm -hmm. She's been raised in the church, but, um, one of my older brothers is not a believer. And I don't know, like, I think like, I know my parents, like specifically my mother and I have had conversations about that. But 
you know, he, he's incredibly kind and he's smart and he exactly what you said, like stands up for things that he believes is right and fights for those that need help. And, you know, and those are the kind of stuff that she sees that in all of her children. And in terms of that, I don't think she thinks that she's failed because she's raised four intelligent, kind human beings that are now all adults that are active participants in the world and are, are genuinely concerned for others. And so even if we're not all on the same spiritual path that she had hoped for, I don't think she thinks she's failed as a parent. I don't think that at all, because again, my, I, I know, I believe this of, even though he doesn't quote unquote claim to be a believer, like I see the love of Jesus, the love of Christ in his actions daily in his Mm -hmm. interactions with his siblings, his friends. Mm -hmm. And so it's things like that where, yeah, like I can clearly see the mark of God in his life. And I think parents can see that too. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, when I, when I started deconstructing, I wanted to know, like, first I stopped praying to God as a man because I was so hurt by my father's words you know there's no blessing on your marriage that hurt me for a very long time and I used to like not be able to talk about that without crying um I mean obviously like he's also taken that back now and like we're on it you know we we've repaired that in our relationship my father and I but um back then it hurt me a lot and I couldn't I, I was like so angry at my father and I was also I I couldn't talk to God as a dad anymore, like a father. And I started talking to God as my mother Mm. and I felt so connected to God through that. Mm. I was like, you know, mother God. And I found like a truth in that, you know, I just, I I started to discover who's God in my life versus what I've been told that God is. And God revealed himself, herself to me in this incredible love And I saw people around me act more like Jesus than the people who are professing to be his his followers. Yeah. And, and it was just, you know, kind of eye opening to me that acting Christian isn't reserved for the ones who say they're Christian. And I often feel that the ones who are like beating their chest saying I'm Christian, they might as well be saying I'm an asshole because a lot of times (laughs) you're that verbal, (laughs) right? I yeah, mean, I mean, especially I'm sure you've seen what's happening here in the states with all the Christians. Yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> it's it's insane, and yeah, working at a church because I work at a church, it's crazy because we're in our community. We're kind of the we're like the only progressive church around, kind of. Um, yeah, just in the for, immediate city. Just for context of, um, you know, I've moved away since, but where Josie and I lived was, is actually the state people think is very progressive, but the city and the County is very, very conservative. Yeah. And especially when you start going into churches, there's very few and far between. There's a couple that are a little bit more progressive, but the church we were at in particular is probably one of, if not the most sort of like progressive deconstruction, welcoming sort of community. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet place. But during the pandemic, all these churches started opening up and there were some inklings and people asking like, why aren't you guys open? Like, mm-hmm. I know, why right? can't we? <laughs> and granted, our congregation wasn't really bother- bothering us about it because they're also progressive. So and, we just- had, and we had a large, 
the church has also a large elderly population mm-hmm. that we're very much like, we don't, we want to be safe. So we're yes. fine. So it was wild and it still continues to be wild to me how Christians have really gone off the deep end here in the States. Like things are, they don't care for the poor. They don't mm-hmm. care for the sick. They don't mm-hmm. care for people that need love the most. Mm-hmm. If you don't fit their mold, if you don't look exactly how they want you to look, mm-hmm. you're not welcome. Or you might mm-hmm. be for a couple Sundays and then they're going to try to change you to be this picture perfect little person. Yeah. Um, the acceptance is very conditional. And that as much as people want to talk down on like the more fundamentalist side of Christianity, it's the same bullshit all around, no matter how. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's just in a different packaging, but at the core yeah. of it, it's all very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how has the pandemic impacted like you and your partner in this sort of season of like being parents and interacting with family like has that has that been really hard or has it been easy like what does it look like are your parents going to be vaccinated they already had they 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 will be yes they oh bless but my Sorry. my yeah they, yeah they had corona sadly but they're also going to get vaccinated for the second time I mean, they they did it well it's fine but my um my husband or my ex-husband's um my partner's <laughs> partner because he is my partner whatever i say um, partner too don't worry about yeah it. i love it he's my partner man he's my friend um we he his parents are kind of adamant they don't want to really get vaccinated they kind of think it's a hoax not really a hoax but they think it's all over the top and someone up there wants to somehow chip us with something and take away our rights so okay they don't they don't want to go into politics but they do want to say what you know all they're doing wrong up there so of course of course <laughs> no but the, 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 to come back to your question like the pandemic has just done good things for us we've just drawn closer together and we love having our time with our baby and uh, just really connecting with him and our calendars have been relievingly empty and i think i want to keep it that way because oh, i don't know say. if i want to make it so full anymore Yep, I feel the same. I'm a very social person, as Spencer knows this. So now that people can hang out with me, they're just like calling me, and I'm like, I love you, but I'm so tired. I know. I don't know how to interact with people anymore. (laughs) Like, if you meet a lot of people at the mall now, it's just like too many people. I can't deal. Yeah. I drive by our mall, and the mall where we live is super bougie. Like, Prada and rich people. (laughs) Yeah, it's real bougie and it's like full. And all I think is that looks dangerous. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I feel like like, it's going to be a thing of our generation that we're not going to be so crowdy anymore. Yeah, people are like looking forward to on June 15th. California is lifting the mask mandate. Oh, yay! I'm going to keep my mask on. <laughs> I'm so Yeah. Same yeah. here when it's flu season here in Germany, like I'm going to be putting my mask back on cuz I don't I don't want to contract anything. Yes, and I don't want to give it to sweet. people either. It so the mask where I live, I live in Arizona and the mask mandate has been gone for like over a month now and my husband and I you know we're fully vaccinated but I still wear my masks places just because you know there's people in my family that aren't vaccinated and things right, like right. that. 
but also just because it's it's on the honor system. So it's like if you aren't vaccinated, you're supposed anybody. to wear a mask, but nobody <laughs> wears a mask. So like this morning, you know, we've started to go to more restaurants and stuff. And this morning, because it's a holiday here in the States, it was like so busy at this restaurant and like nobody was wearing a mask. And it was one of those times where I was like, oh, I didn't think I would feel this weird, but I like feel weird. Like, why are there so many people here? This is like strange to me. <laughs> yep. I 100% trust in science and believe that my vaccine is going to work. But then there's also like the 2% chance that you can still get COVID. And I'm like, it's going to be me. Yes. No, <laughs> no. I have really bad luck in life. So that's why I always think that Aww. way. It's like on the 1%. <laughs> right. No, no. It's all but right. Yeah. It's just, it's just really weird how a lot of christians have just gone totally overboard with this pandemic i'm like okay guys it's a pandemic but yep. then again i that's one thing i was thinking the other day about when you kind of graduate as a kid from uh, a fundamental christian family the chances are very high that you're gonna come out of there ultra conservative anti-woman rights anti-children rights because well we all spank our kids right uh, mm -hmm. gross oh us um, mexicans really know how to spank a child let me tell you <laughs> yeah well you know supporters of child abuse because that is what it is let's yep, just call it, it real names yep not okay like they're not very pro-animal rights you know we're all gonna eat meat because well that's what real christians do really okay okay real christians can't be vegan <laughs> <laughs> yeah they can't be vegan that's just it's a t-shirt then... Yeah, then uh, you're going to be anti-gay and you're also going to be like an uh, an ultra patriot, at least in the States. So you're going to be a little bit right wing mm. and then um, low key racist because or high key. Or <laughs> or, so that's an interesting perspective of, you know, obviously all of our guests have been from the States and a majority of our listeners are from the States. So are conservative Christians in Europe like patriots for their country? Like, Patriotic. do your parents just, yeah, do your parents just like love Germany? Like, no, patriotism like... doesn't really exist in Germany. Yeah, or I feel like Germany anymore. moved past that. Yeah, they, they're kind of only when they, only when they win at the foosball, then they're a little right, bit right. excited and they wave their flag, yeah. but then they take it down the next day. So they're not really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. No, no, no. So, like, generally, people in Europe aren't that patriotic. Yeah. If you are, then you're considered a very right wing person, like yeah, yeah. patriotic. Yeah. Only yeah. people yeah. who are kind of thinking their country is superior to others. <laughs> yeah. So, so the like American like nationalism, like we're the best country in the world. That really is like. Do you guys just look at us and think that we're lame? <laughs> we're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do they think that? People don't think you're crazy, but. Um, I mean, like I grew up with the two in the States, right? For me, it was normal. But when I came here, I realized how really strange pledging the allegiance to the flag is. Like, everybody's Amen. standing Amen. there and pledging. That is very, uh, like if you look at old, old films of like, national socialists in germany they would also pledge legions to mm -hmm. flags and it's very ooh, world war ii-ish yeah. it was very so weird. funny growing up because at one point i stopped saying the pledge of allegiance and i even would refuse to stand up like starting in high school and it was because i was really religious like i was like I only pledge allegiance to the Lord. I don't pledge allegiance oh, right. to yeah, the flag. Oh, right. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like not guys... the norm. 
Right. Okay. But, so you did it out of those reasons. I get that. See, that makes me laugh though, because like Josie in high school was way more conservative than now. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's still the one thing like you can hold on to where like, listen, if you want to be a Christian, then you shouldn't pledge allegiance to mm. anything but God's kingdom. So whatever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we got a Christian. Should, flyer, you also, but... should you also celebrate Christmas? Because we never did. Because we were so yes. Christian that Christmas was worldly. Oh, oh no, no. We celebrate Christmas. We, we celebrated the birth of Christmas. Jesus by buying yeah. ourselves presents. Well so, okay so this is the thing that <laughs> this is the thing that I I, like growing up was really weird because obviously, like I said, when we were li- really little, I wasn't raised Christian, but my grandparents were still Catholic and they're a uh, Catholic Italian family. So we do Christmas Eve instead of Christmas and Ooh, like the Mexicans. Yes. Um, and so <laughs> because, yeah, because uh, Catholics believe that Jesus was born on New Year's Eve, not Christmas day okay. <laughs> or on Christmas Eve, not Christmas day. Yeah. So anyway, so we would go to my grandparents' house and we would have presents, but we were not allowed to open presents until my grandpa read like the story of Jesus, like would read about Mary being pregnant and his birth. Like that was like, we would be like, grandpa, can you read the story? And obviously our motivation was read the story so we can open our presents. Right. Like as now as an adult, I've talked about this with Josie before. It's something that like really like I held on to as a kid of one of those things of like God is like speaking in places that you don't think he is kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And now to this day, like my grandpa passed when I was nine, but my dad continues that tradition now with, you know, my siblings, children. So his grandchildren, and he reads from the same book that my grandpa did. Um, That's the only thing he doesn't read it from the Bible. He reads it from like a storybook kind of thing. Yeah. He still reads that. And that's something that my parents kind of similar to what we were talking about of like raising children. Now that my parents have grandkids my mom's biggest thing is she's like I want my grandchildren to remember that like that we loved Jesus and that you know we prayed and not anything of like forcing them to go to church or forcing them to do something but really just like we love them and we love God and I hope they love God right that's so I love that I love just you know here this is what we believe and I want you to remember that or I would like you to remember us this way but Mm -hmm. like whatever you do is equally worthy in our eyes yeah that's a beautiful Mm -hmm. way to raise your kids that you're very lucky to have parents like that damn see it like that I (laughs) I yeah oh my gosh I love that well, say, say, just one second. I have a question. When you because like, yeah. your podcast is called Speaking in Church, where do you have women speaking in your church? Oh, oh yeah. our so, our pastor is a woman. Choose my yeah, name. Okay, that's friends. so cool. But like growing <laughs> up, did you have women speaking in church? Actually, so, I did. And my aunt, uh, my dad's oldest sister, she's a pastor in Mexico, and in their like denomination or whatever, it wasn't abnormal. And the men had to listen to her, but she couldn't do things like baptize people and she couldn't like perform marriage ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But I think that had to do more with the certification than with oh, whatever. Yeah. See, but then- I mean, when we got here, the, the Americans don't like women having any amount of power. So they don't. So the, yeah, the church that once my parents did like kind of start going to church and raising us in that, there was no women speaking in the church. It was very much like, um, the Bible verse that like our podcast is named after was very much like women aren't allowed to speak. They must sit mm-hmm. quietly, like, cause mm-hmm. the men are going to talk. And I, I was, you know, I did research in high school and I was like, not everybody believes that. 
So I went to the university that we went to was actually fully affirming of women. And mm-hmm. so I studied um, ministry and I, wow, know, that's awesome. The, yeah. With the intent of going into ministry and yeah, I, I've preached to all ages from babies to adults. I've performed a marriage ceremony. Like oh, that's yeah. amazing. So what does that feel like to you knowing that that's unacceptable in a lot of Oh, well, I, love I feel it. like a fucking badass. <laughs> so I, so again, this is just me of, um, the, so the woman that actually performed my marriage ceremony, she's one of my very dear friends. Um, I met her when I first went to APU and we worked at the same church together. And so when my husband and I got engaged, he knew it was really important for me that she would perform our wedding ceremony and he was all for it. But people that were invited to my wedding were like, my old pastor and his wife who do not believe that women can preach, but you know, like they were there and a woman performed my marriage ceremony. And then, um, he, my parents invited him because he was our pastor for so long. He actually like prayed over the dinner at my wedding. And it was very much like honoring like my childhood and my adult oh, life. Nice. Okay. And, and again, like, it's one of those things where does he necessarily believe that women can preach? No, but I also don't think he thinks my marriage isn't blessed because a woman performed it. Like uh-huh. he knows that God will honor it still. So it's a really cool place to be in of living in the tension of both like the mm-hmm. old and the new. And, you know, the par- the church my parents go to now because they've moved away from where I grew up as a child, they go to a church that the pastor, he is an immigrant um, from, I think Iraq or or Iran. Um, he grew up in a Muslim family and now he's a Christian and he is a pastor and yeah, Mm -hmm. he's like, women can preach. Like, that's not an issue where I come from. Like we have bigger things to worry about than women preaching. And I'm like, amen. (laughs) Yeah. It seems to be an American centric idea. Or very conservative, because obviously, yeah, like, it I'm is sure. a fundamental. You're right. If you, because if you're a Bible literalist, I always say you're not yes. a Christian. You're a Bibleist, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because there is a difference. Um, so the Bibleists, they will take the word literal, and it says that women, it's like mm-hmm. an abomination for women to speak, right? Or for women to yeah. cut their hair, or for women to not be covered, which was all abided by where I mm-hmm. came from. You know, it was just. Yeah, my grandma she's a little bit more conservative than the rest of her children ended up being, but she, when she first converted from Catholicism to Protestantism or whatever, she uh, promised the Lord that she would never cut her hair, that she would never wear makeup and that she would never wear pants ever again. And she has not that woman. She has short hair though. So makes you wonder, but yeah, I think it just falls out. What is strange to me is that I've observed, I know we're going over the hour mark. I'm sorry. Maybe no, you guys can okay. like cut out parts of it and then you still <laughs> um, Or people can what, listen, listen to the whole yeah, thing. <laughs> <laughs> what I always find weird is that people, you know, when I grew up, then my mom would, for example, they wouldn't say that person is doing something wrong, like wear pants, but they would talk to someone else as a prayer request to talk to pray for the person wearing the pants because Christian you know to, to go yeah to yeah exactly it's just you know <laughs> behind the curtain, aggressive. Like, prayer request <laughs> right 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 um so pray for her she's kind of going off the wrong you know she's on the wrong path she's wearing pants okay so as a kid that converts into wearing pants is that right and then one day down the line 20 years down the line my mom is wearing pants 
But do you think she'd ever go back to that person that she used to be like, oh, she's wearing pants and apologize for being so judgmental? Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's a problem because, you know, you need to be, I don't know, a little more humble Mm-hmm. in you just your walk of life and go back and be like wow i used to be really judgmental of people doing something that i do now that i feel like free to do now and, but it's always they use their own life as a standard to measure yeah. other people on so you're the standard or who's the standard you know which i yep. find extremely arrogant and harmful yeah i'm always very honest about the fact that i used to be <laughs> um more religious or religiously and politically conservative in my teenage years <laughs> i was indoctrinated okay it's not my fault yeah. but i always ha- yes i always tell people like hey i understand exactly where you're coming from i know why you believe what you believe i know why you're conservative i'm just here to tell you that that's probably not what jesus wanted Maybe Jesus really wanted you to really help the poor and not just like in a, I'm going to pray for them way, but in a, put your money where your mouth is, homie. Like this is the Lord Jesus said, or Jesus, it's, it's harder for a rich person to, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's harder for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Than it is for, I think a camel to pass through the eye of the needle. Through the eye of the needle. Yeah. Yep. I always made it a point never to memorize scripture because I always witnessed it being used against people. Yeah, <laughs> I've intentionally like, forgotten it. So I was like, it. I'm never going to memorize it because yeah. I never want to come into the temptation to mm-hmm. use it against people and put them in their place. Ugh. Yep. But what, I... if, but what if you use it against people for good reasons? No, <laughs> you yeah, no I'm like, <laughs> shoot, I should have memorized scripture so I could like yeah. put other, like, other fundamental Christians in their place when they come at me yeah. with their yep. rhetoric. I- when I was a kid, we had something called the Bible Bowl in Awana. There's like yes. a kids program called Awana, and you would compete to see who knew the most Bible verses, and you would just oh, have wow. to recite them from memory. I was very good at it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember anything. I've forgotten, and I don't feel like refreshing my memory. <laughs> but wow. just, oh my just all that, but all those minutes in your life you'll never get back from memorizing all that. You Amen. never remember. But I feel Amen. like that is like a good representation of American like children's church is that you make them all remember all of these verses and then they become adults and they're like, yeah, I don't know what the frick I was talking about. Like, yeah. I, I remember tell- our dad. He, we, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go. Yeah. I remember my dad reading. He, he was, he always made it a point for us to read six chapters of the Bible every morning. So we would read the whole Bible over the course of our childhood several times. Right. And I don't remember any of it. Yep. I read that Bible many a time through the only person in my family, I will say (laughs) mom and dad. Okay. But yeah, I don't remember it. People are like, Oh, do you remember in revelations when it says this? And I was like, no, revelations (laughs) was scary. I don't remember it. (laughs) It is scary. Scary. But Celia, we have loved having you on. This has been such a blast. You'll have to come back. We'll have to pick another topic. I would love to come back. There's a million topics we can talk about for sure. And I have so many like questions and I want to know what you guys think about it too. So please, I would love to be back with the honor. Yes. Tell the people, if you want people to find you, tell them where they can find you. Uh, my Instagram handle, is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Instagram name is little miss Jacob, L I T T L E M I S S J A K O B. 
media. There you go. Spencer, where can the people find us? People can find us on Instagram at Speaking in Church. They can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. And they can find me at Spence Rose. There you have it, everybody. As always, stay woke or get woke. And Jesus loves you. Bye.